and call the meeting to order. We do have a quorum. Um, first thing on the agenda is to approve the meeting agenda for today. I need a first and a second. I'll make a motion to approve. Second. Okay, all in favor? Aye. Right. Okay. Um, moving on to item four. Is there's no public? Huh? There's no public. There's no public, right? <laughs> um, the library board of trustees annual report. Is this the report you used to give to the city, and then the city said they didn't care about it? This report has a long and storied history. And I'm going to be totally honest in why it's back in the packet. Okay. Because Jen has been dutifully going through all policies as part of her new, being new in her position. And in some policy, it said that we, we submit this every year, but we can't remember which policy it was in. So I last year I did a lot of legwork with the city being like, do you need this? They also said no. So we're not exactly sure where it ends up, but because it is an active policy that we both saw. We are bringing it back. <laughs> well, I appreciated it. I mean, I um, I, I enjoyed reading it. I by seeing everything. In it was place. Not, yeah. yeah I dig Even it. though it's supposedly our report and we didn't do the work, but so we went back and looked at some sort of in the sort of farther distant past um, uh, documents of this document because I feel like I had kind of gotten us off. I got up more into are they library gold, are they board gold, or whose board gold are they? So we tried to craft this more like the, the earlier versions. And I think that this to me feels more probably like it's supposed to be than the last couple that I've brought to the table. And, and my hope would be that maybe that, that, that means it will resonate more with this group and there'll be maybe fewer meetings that we have to go through with it. But we don't have to, we've got plenty of time. So the, the whole leadership team worked together, kind of going through what we thought would be board level um, accomplishments and then thinking about the goals for the coming year. So I, I'm totally open to whatever process the board wants to take with this, whether you want to read it now, do work between meetings, give feedback now, have us bring another draft back, whatever that looks like to get to something that feels um, like you're ready to approve it. So that's a quick question. And I've been working on these for years, so I, I know how this works. But when you said we're to submit this and we don't know where we're submitting it to and who's the recipient, I think I'm not sure why we're doing this. One thing we say we're doing it for our own record keeping so that we have a history, but when we say we're doing it for submission. I think it goes to finance. But the city finance? The city finance. And it, that's where it used to go to go in the old city version finance. of the budget book. Because I'm just saying we would target to whoever the audience is that we're submitting it to. And if it's finance, is this the sort of information they want, or do they want financial information? I think you just want the finance because they are the ones that <laughs> put together the budget book. <laughs> and did you think you are historic? It's a state requirement for the board of trustees to submit some sort of report to the city that the. That's why. Right. Okay, that's who. Okay, 
Well, you would think well, the city they, wouldn't know, right? No. <laughs> there have been a lot of staff changes over there as well. And I don't think it's a bad thing if it does show up on the website under the board. I mean, I don't but think then the audience is public. If it's if if this is indicative of what the report could look like, I mean, I I I appreciate the work that went into it, but it's not pages and pages and agonizing over the goals for next year. I mean Was it a lot of work? I guess that's the question I asked for them. You know, I, mean, I would say it was it was all of us in a room thinking about it, but it didn't. Um, it, it actually was kind of a fun conversation, like you're thinking about what would rise to this level and what would be um, sort of what would be the board's thought about it. Um, so I think that. No, the work that's gone into it so far has been has been fine. Um, and we're like I said, absolutely happy to take feedback and keep trying to get it closer to what if there are changes that we want to make, that's fine. Bring it back to tomorrow. Are we talking about uh, item four under goals is that to yeah. develop a plan for because it's always been all the discussion so far as to the city, but this also includes the Johnson County Board of Supervisors. Who we do report to? Yes, so that would be one of the um, goals. We've talked about that in the past of having a more formalized way to, to sort of share our work with the Board of Supervisors. Mm -hmm. So because we've talked about it, but we haven't taken a lot of action I thought putting that, we thought putting that as a goal would be at least get it back on our radar and more likely to to actually get it in the plan. We have before presented before the board yes. of supervisors, and we tried to make that into an annual thing or a special event, um, like educational show, saying we're going to go after a bookmobile, and here we go. And we brought the trustees saying, like, this is what we're going to be doing. But Depends on times. There was a rhythm for that we started, but then COVID disrupted so much. Yeah, because we went to one together. We went to one day. So it was Susan. Okay. So I'm the county representative from the Board of Supervisors, and um, we I went every year and talked to them about something. But Susan and I would go together because they might have questions. And Car and Kara usually was at that time. And then when you came in, it's just that I think COVID disrupted yeah. our momentum. That's right. All of these issues. So we could go just go back to that model. Yeah, we just we asked just to be on the agenda and kind of gave an update and said this is these are the new initiatives and because it acknowledges their funding, their contribution. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's proactive for us to let them know what we're doing. So they ask us the questions before they come to the conclusions. <laughs> And one way to do to sort of prompt that for everybody would be to put it on the right, whatever they think would be appropriate. Yeah, whatever. And then it would remind us to prepare that report. Yeah. They're usually very appreciative. I mean, they kind of surprised that we do it, but well, I think in light of the fact that we don't know where this is supposed to go, that is a pretty good goal for next year. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm comfortable with. I'm comfortable with the report as is. The accomplishment I think we didn't include here, and I, I maybe it was the year before, and I'm missing my period, the time periods up, but we did some exploration of usage patterns and um, defining of inequities in usage. And we did that in relationship to the, the fine issue, but I think it matches the city's goals of 
looking at some of that. Was that within this calendar year? It may have been. I looked at it. So it had to have been. Yeah. I in December and I looked at it. Yeah, you looked at it. I looked at that, some, it wasn't the first iteration of a map. It was like, like a, a hot spot. Yeah, like a heat map. map about you brought that back. I discussion. saw that and so that we be aware of. It had to have been this year because I looked at it. Would <laughs> be a way of adding that to the accomplishment of right, approval? Could we say, um, analysis or exploration or discussion of inequitable usage patterns or access patterns. I think it was usage patterns with the goal of access, looking at access issues. I think the staff carried a lot of that, but it was at least a good discussion for the board. Yeah, we could add that. So we'll add something about analysis of inequitable use of patterns with the goal of moving to equal access. Right, or, or at least acknowledging the barriers that we may be responsible for, like like the or do find issues. Okay, we could add that number one. But I, you know, it's only be notes in this calendar year, but but people can remember it that I had to. Have. Yeah, I remember, <laughs> and I started in December, so it had to have been. Had to have been. <laughs> because I haven't been there since. Did we also um, state the advocacy for um, the advocacy letter that we did? Um, about sensor. I thought I saw that. I thought I saw it too. Yeah. Statement of support of intellectual freedom on behalf of the library board. Okay. Yeah. All right, I just missed it. So um, this requires a vote. It says board action required. Are we ready to vote to approve it or not? Yes. Okay. All in favor of accepting the FY22 board annual report? Need a motion? With the oh. adjustment made that. That's sorry. I was just going to make. I'm moving the meeting along. <laughs> we also need a movement in the second. Okay. I need a motion to to approve the. FY22 board annual report. I'll move to approve it with the um, edit that we've discussed. Seconded. All in favor? Aye. 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 Sorry, Carol. No, thank you. That's <laughs> better. Um, okay. Strategic plan review. I bet this was more work. Board one. Um, yeah, so it's always fun to have a chance to bring this forward um, to, to the board to take a look at. Um, there's probably nothing too surprising in the plan at this point since we, you know, we're moving into our third year with it. I, I do think it's important at the annual updates to include the, the full plan, which is why I went to the dating strategy this time, so that in case you felt like you got a good handle on the rest of it, you just want to read the, the newer edited. Um, so this is always a group effort. Um, we, this is the first year we tried doing the quarterly updates. So this might be less of like a bigger reveal than other years, but um, probably nothing that you haven't at least heard about us working on. And we're really trying to sort of move away from a strategic plan that feels like a checklist and focus on those 
um, a little bit of a, the bigger projects. So um, it might it might feel a little different than other years, but we're, we're trying to do it systematically. And I, when I was putting it together, I felt like um, again just so proud of what the staff has continued to do through all of the hills and, and the issues that have come up. Um, I, I feel proud of it. I, I shared it with the staff and just reminded them of all the amazing work that's been done. Um, and I hope that they share that, that pride and recognize how much they've done to contribute. But um, we're absolutely open to any questions um, or thoughts about things that are included. And a small clarifying question. When in goal one, number two, that migrate the digital history project, it's talking about a new public facing website. Um, is that that's just a website for that digital history project, right? It's not like an old library. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's what I thought. I mean, one of the one of the things I was attempting to do going through this iteration at the last big update, um, we got some board feedback. Just encouraging sort of the removal of Guardian and to, to really try to make it um, so that a non-library person could read and understand. So anything you notice like that that we can keep clarifying, keep working on uh, making it clear, we love that feedback. Well, it's a newbie here. I had a lot of questions because I didn't know <laughs> what other things were. The digital history project, I have no idea what that is. But it's being migrated. <laughs> I, it's I don't know. You can't explain everything. You, you know, but um, I had that, and also low contact printing. I don't know what the low contact printing is. Um, although everybody else may know it. It's just our way of saying we don't want to have to touch a bunch of the same stuff. Really, uh -huh. um, I think it was developed during when we were just reopening from COVID. So in the old printing days, you might have to pass us your library card or share materials like that. Yeah. Right, Jason? No. Yeah. You went down to a more streamlined process. And it, it's since, I mean, we're still in COVID, high COVID, but, um, yeah. <laughs> high COVID. Um, <laughs> but we are, are sort of spinning that off to mean just even meaning low contact of like less staff interaction even. So we're sort of Still running with the idea of making it more less about the COVID and more about just like self service. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of businesses do the same thing now, right? That's their thing, you know, no contact ordering. And so, somebody want to give an overview of the digital history project for John? So, the digital history project is a website that hosts uh, photographs or documents of Iowa City or Johnson County history. It started out as a collaboration between the Johnson County Historical Society and us. Um, we digitized some of the materials that they had in hand about downtown Iowa City. We've expanded that to other partners as well. Um, it's an old website, like, it's a very old infrastructure in the back it's, it's really complicated some of those images that we have might be a whole city directory it's taking some time to get things to start working in the owner um, so what we're trying to do with the new website is to make things more browsable more searchable and easier to navigate when you're in a more like a larger image or a larger 
item. So we're hoping that by migrating our website into a new system, backend system, that we can add uh, far more things from our archives as well, um, that will have a little bit more sophisticated system. And how about the digitized newspapers? Are they there too, the local ones, or are they separate? They're separate uh, websites because we we pay a company to right, right. do that work okay. and they, they have their own but we might add more now that some of those years have gotten anything. Um, so we have a historical Iowa City newspaper website that would digitize newspapers in Iowa City uh, that are out of copyright and now that we're moving along and we're going to be any other questions, John? I can't wait to see what that you get on there a lot, especially with uh, hearing about your promises of better searchability. That's yeah, no, or yeah, we're overhauling everything, including search terms, and metadata assigned to the pool, and so right. it becomes a lot of work. Yeah, especially with metadata. Did you have other questions, John? Other questions? Oh, I did have a question. Okay, I think the question is, who's the audience for this? And that's what the, you don't need to, uh, presumably for this group now, I've heard what a digital history program is and why it's being migrated. Uh, but, you know, if uh, this is for the public, you need to have some, on these particular kinds of issues, need to have some brief explanation of what it is. But if it's an internal document, you don't. But I'm not quite sure what the purpose of this is. I mean, it's it's both, really. It's it's our work plan for three years. But as a public entity, it's also shared with the public to, for us to share accountability and to sort of say, these are, these are our priorities right now. You will notice that we're focusing on these over other things. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it really kind of serves to Right. purposes. We do have an internal version that has more, it has sort of who's assigned to work on these things, sometimes more timeline information, more granular things we need to take to tackle those projects. Um, but this, we, we try to write it with uh, also an eye for public consumption, so that if people are curious or they want to know more about the library, this is frequently a document that they look at. Um, so I would say both. Um, but we could certainly, I mean, I, I wonder if doing sort of a, um, almost a footnote version might be helpful so that we didn't make it chunkier in its current document, but we could say, you know, you want to learn about the digital history projects, it's in the back section A and uh, Whatever the exponent is, that can be sort of annotate that way. Um, at least in the public version, that might be, that wouldn't be particularly complex. We probably have summaries of most of these projects that were done for other purposes. Right. So, well, you could also just put a link to the, to the website, right? For the digital history project. Or it's not embedded. What? I said, as long as it's not embedded, I'm reading on like ADA stuff. So. Oh, embedded links. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. Oh, crap. Okay. <laughs> Easier. Okay. 
this, my impression I, over the years on the board is that this library takes the strategic planning process very seriously and it really does drive their work and it drives it, it to me it, it drives the work and it drives the it just makes things move along and, and makes them accountable i i mean i'm very impressed with their strategic planning process having worked in institutions where you do it because every five years someone decides we need to do it and and then they don't pay any attention. So, and I do like the format. Um, I, I appreciate, I think last time, maybe last time you didn't put in the stuff that didn't get changed. So I, I think this is great. The shading is really, it's really great. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. I'm just curious what the, you talk about the newspaper coverage in the survey that was conducted last month, but we don't find out what the survey found, except that it led to savings. This is newspaper coverage uh, to uh, determine whether the collection meets browsing needs. I think it was going to be revisited this fall, right? And maybe there would be, I think I remember reading that, that, it, that same investigation of newspaper reading is going to be revisited to see before decisions are finally made. I can't see it now. <laughs> now I can't find it, but I recall. I, I do end of item four. Okay. That's the first of the studies. Again, it's not a major thing. I just, just if, if, if for a, a reader of this, you think, what were the results of that survey that led oh, to savings? Are you cutting out some of the newspapers? Uh, that well, we had? 19 Yeah, like some newspapers cost uh, less than $100 for an annual subscription. Some cost more like $800 for an annual subscription. And so looking at the June study, we identified a couple of papers that had almost no use that, that month that costs a significant amount of money in terms of what a newspaper costs, but not in terms of what the overall material budget is. So I mostly wrote that as a, to me. If we do this second uh, course of study during the academic year and we see similar numbers, then we may see like these are our significant savings in, in the newspaper budget. We could add some details there. I actually had one on is page 12. It is the first objective on focus on community aspirations, where it says in collected in collection services is the bottom of the page. Uh, selectors track purchases of new print items that met diversity audit parameters. I guess I would like to know a little bit more about what audit parameters are either in a, a addendum or something because it's saying young adult and children's materials met or exceeded the goal, but 12% of new title purchases met the parameters. I guess that just, um, it's just like a little more clarification on what the parameters were and then, um, I, and I, I, I don't know what monthly 
completed it, but we did our own in-house diversity audit of our young adult collection and our staff set up some parameters using uh, a variety of uh, either socioeconomic status or um, religious, different, um, different parameters on what it could mean. And we tried to use those parameters in our purchasing to see what we could match up with. Um, sometimes it's very difficult to do when you're doing with a publication announcement. There might be nothing. Right, right. Be like the author has a new book and then we bought it and we didn't identify it at that point. And I think from doing this for the year, there was a lot of issues with using those parameters and applying them because uh, our selection process doesn't sometimes work that way with a lot of things that are on automatic order, like right. the list of authors. Mm -hmm. You might never going to see those because they're just automatic order. And so we're going to look um, back and see. Um, we can go oh, use subject okay. headings or use any other cues that we use in our records to see if our purchasing the way that we were doing it was was the right way. And it, it's not. There's some holes in it. it sure. so we did it for a year. It's, it's not working very well. We're regrouping. And that's like in relationship to the audit that you used Ingram for. Yes. Right. That was like an in-house, like a, that's your current collection. Yeah, we did our own in-house audit where we touched every single book in the young adult collection. And we actually... Um, and not me, myself. <laughs> right. And, um, right. And really worked to see uh, reading reviews about those books. Um, it took hours and we could only do it because we were closed. Right. Um, and so then we hired Ingram to do one of our entire print collection. And theirs was just not comparative to the quality of our in-house one to the degree sure. that we're not entirely sure what to do with those results because they're really comparative. So we tried to apply the work that we put into our young adult fiction in-house audit to purchasing materials, but there was also <laughs> I see, um, I see. That so makes sense. I'm assuming, I guess, and here's nerdy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming Ingram is looking mostly at subject headings. Yes. Okay. Um, Baker and Taylor has a product. Too. Right. I've used the Fallout one. Yeah. So that I, they, like I regularly use the Fallout one. At, they use purpose materials or uh, purpose. Um, and so we, you're at that mercy of your subject headings yes right um, right the other avenue that we're thinking of is uh we a couple of staff members went to an innovative conference and they found how to use your own catalog materials for that but we're gonna have to do some subject heading work to get it to be sure the way that we want sure. it to be so there's some exciting things in the future that i think we can help um, we just have some a little bit of Start work. Mm -hmm. Can I answer? Yes. Yeah. No, that was really helpful. Good. I'm, just, I'm doing the same thing in a small, much smaller scale, and so I'm just curious. This needs a diverse approach, right? <laughs> well, it sounds like you have at least one objective for the next strategic plan already in just place. <laughs> Yeah, that's the whole yeah. Five years. Oh yeah, and as I update subject heading, they keep updating subject headings too, so your work will never be done. Right. Yes. <laughs> but don't get discouraged. <laughs> um, other comments about the strategic plan? 
Okay, we're not required to vote on that. So this is the end of one fiscal year. So there'll be one more finale for this plan. Okay, a policy review the the bylaws. Um, the committee did do its work, but not just not quite the very last step, which was to communicate to Jen that it needed to go out 10 days before the board meeting. So according to according to the bylaws, changes to the bylaws have to have been sent to the board 10 days before the meeting. So we're gonna vote on the bylaws in August. Um, however, they are included here. So if, if you've looked at them and have comments, um, we have plenty of time to get them incorporated. Otherwise, we'll, we'll bring it up for a meeting for a vote in August. Mm -hmm. um, the three main things were to address electronic participation because we've gotten a little, I don't know, it never was really an issue before, that big of an issue before COVID and then COVID kind of changed the world. And so we wanted to address that and we wanted to address the public comment time um, generally, public comment is, is a non-issue. Um, it every once in a while feels like it's going to be an issue. So far in my tenure, it has not. But the city council went through a big uh, rules and regulations um, revision of its policies and stuff. And so we sort of used some of their, their things. Um, what was the other? There was one more. Change the definition of quorum. No, I was if there's something more important than that. It may be, maybe changing the definition of quorum because we don't always have a full nine member board. So I don't know if people have looked at it or not. If you have comments, please offer them. Otherwise, we'll revisit this in August. Um, okay, so then we're down to item four, part D, and that's the city's new policy for bereavement leave. Yeah, the, the city um, put out and adopted a new expansion of bereavement leave and just that um, the actually representations already signed it and so um I don't see any changes that need to be made. I think it's a positive change for all staff. Um and I would recommend that it be um approved by the board so that we can adapt it as a as a library policy. So I, I move that we adopt this as library policy. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Um, moving on, the, another COVID fallout was a disruption of our regular practice of holding a board dinner, generally in August. Um, I wasn't even sure if this was something we did every other year or something we did every year. It seems, Robin remembers that we did it every year, it's just that we haven't done it for two years. 
Um, I think it's even more than that. It seems like so he has some scheduling challenges. So it might be three years. I think we had ours. It's been when, a while. Yeah, when when we in town. That was the last one. Was it? Yeah. Did we didn't St. Birch back then. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, so did you go to one? Yep. Yeah, 2019. It's been a while. Yeah. Okay, so 2020 and 2021. So two years where you didn't do it. Mm -hmm. um, so. I guess the, the do we want to resume the board dinner and then if people would want to weigh in on um, what would be an appealing um, venue or okay. I just want to comment. This is not a board. This was not a board dinner just for us to have a meal together. It was to acknowledge um, people who had come off the board and to get to know people, new people that come on. So it was a chance to have conversations beyond just sitting here. Um, but we had a lot of people leave the board who gave lengthy terms of who are in the room right now. And, and also it staff. includes um, the the staff, not, not the entire staff, right? Just the, the managers, yeah, the coordinator staff and spouses. Um, it has in the past been a... Um, basically, everybody pays their own share, yeah, no, except for new people and people who are have rotated off the board. So those people, um, we pick up their their share. Um, it has most often been at a restaurant, um, which was really easy when Susan's was here and her son owned a restaurant. Um, <laughs> so we, we need to find a, we would need to find a venue um, that would, you know, hold, I don't know, how many people usually? Well, we've done different 30? venues. We've done it in 26. We've done it in where it was Atlas and it's now a different place. We've done it in Bricks. So we've done it, or 126 Moonrakers, we did it in the upstairs part. So we've done it in a lot of different yeah. restaurants, not just the one that her son owned. So am I right in assuming that this is something that would appeal to people to, to reinstitute this practice? Okay, well then, um, I guess Ellsworth, you and I and others can get together and figure something out. Um, I, don't, I don't know if we can manage this by August, it may have to be successful. I think one of the challenges we had in the past is sometimes people are still traveling in August too. And so it got hard just because a lot of people still think of that as part of the summer. And so attendance got tricky, maybe, maybe not being able to organize it by August is not necessarily an all bad thing. And how about August? How about timing? Is it best for people to do it after the board meeting or would it be better to do it on a Saturday afternoon or sometime where you didn't, you know, if the meeting runs till 6.30 and then you have to, I mean, I don't know. Then the staff come back too. If it's, right, they'd have to come back. Well, we can, we can get together and, and work out some details and maybe um, I can... Maybe if we can make some progress elsewhere, I can send out a, a message and get some feedback. So just 
I know I'm just being a little bit of a, 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 a annoyance on this, but I just want to make sure we think about the fact that we didn't, when we didn't have for a couple of years, there are a few people that rotated off that perhaps we should include, not just the very last people. Okay. You know, because just COVID stopped us from including people over a longer period. The, the, yeah. Monique, it's just a weird Monique year. and John, and who was the other one that rotated Kelly. off? Who? Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, but she didn't rotate off with Monique and John, though. There was another one. Would she be? Because she's with me. She's in our group, except she left a year yeah. early. Because Claire replaced her. Huh? Daniel was here briefly. Yeah, we need to go back. But there's process. another one. There's John and Monique, and there was another. Yeah, there's just going back. Just to be inclusive. Yeah. We'll go back to more. Yeah, okay. It's been a couple Wes. of years. Yeah, it's been a few years. <laughs> oh, huh? Wes. Oh, Wes, of course. Wes was yeah. a fill in for somebody. Oh, we never celebrate with Wes. Right. I think that's important. Okay. Besides, right. our memories are so flawed, baby. We all have a closed brain. Yeah. Okay. Um, staff reports. Ellsworth, you're up first. Yeah, lots of kind of fun interesting stuff this month, I felt like. Um, up to have a development position, um, as you may remember from other jobs. We do not get updates on applications until the position closes, so we've got nothing new to say there. Um, we're working on the sales meeting and flexible work schedule to, to be as clear as possible from implementation of staff of how this may or may not work at the library. Um, and there'll be more about that next month, we hope. Um, the only thing that I have to add to this is I've Third to receive a few, I'd say, four or five community member questions about monkeypox in the library. And if we are making the adjustments thus far, if we have set benchmarks for when we might consider changing practices, um, my response so far has been, of course, we are actively watching and ready to respond if there were to be um, county or state or federal, you know, suggestions things like what we could do. But at this point, we're we're mostly um, watching the progression and, and paying attention to to the news about what's happening. Um, so I do think people are attuned to that, and we'll maybe be expecting some kind of um, feedback as there get to be clear messages about exactly how it's spread and what the dangers okay. are, but um, that's otherwise, I'm happy to answer questions about anything on the report. Um, I, under library coordinator development position update, um, you said you'd like to include a trustee in some part of the interview process. As the details are finalized, you'll reach out. If anybody here is, would really want to do that, please let me know so that when he does reach out, I don't overlook someone who would really want to do it. Okay. I think there's a couple ways that could manifest. We're, we're thinking about having a presentation as part of the um, part of the process. If we do that, we really could invite the entire board. The caveat would be we'd, we'd really need people who could be at all of them. So that would probably 
called the group a little bit right there. Um, but if that doesn't feel like enough involvement or you'd like to be differently involved, you know, we haven't we haven't started to schedule interview slots yet. So there's okay. good flexibility there. Okay, well when you when you're ready to um, ask, then okay. let me know and I'll reach out to to the board. Thank you. All right. Answer question. <laughs> I want a question and I'm not sure my timing's right. Could have been down in comments later, but um, how extensive was the fire in Cedar Rapids Library? And is there anything we can do that? Reach out. I reached out to Dara and just sort of said, "Hey, like, sorry to hear yeah. about this. Uh, it sounds like it was that all systems worked as designed. That okay. the, um, sprinklers only went off where they should have. It okay. sounds like there was no no water damage to books, is what we hear right now. Okay. And I don't know about smoke damage or things like that. So." My, if this is the right time to ask a couple of just general library questions, um, is it appropriate for us to reach out to the to Ames Cedar Falls Library? We talked about that um, to sort of decide what is appropriate. Yeah, I don't know what's appropriate. It's just, um, I mean, I, it's I, a library community. I, I guess, just my individually. Conclusion is we could. Sign a card from the I, I, I don't have a recommendation. I just um, when I saw that their library is marking the outside of the building. Yeah, and, well, I, they're forcing the identity. I actually was thinking that tomorrow afternoon I could drive over and drop off the flower. Maybe that's all it needs to be. I don't know something. Uh, it's it's so hard to know what. Yeah, would be. I mean, I guess just knowing that there's some support there, that we're thinking about them. Um, but we'll... Yeah, I, I don't know what's appropriate. So I wasn't making a recommendation. I just was wondering if there's anything. Do people know what I'm talking about? I know. Go for it. Um, in the <laughs> the um, state park shooting that happened, oh. the, there was a, a family that was killed, and the, the woman was a library worker at Cedar Falls Public Library. Uh, it sounds like she was doing some exciting initiatives and really had sort of found her place and and I really, it was things were going great and so it was uh, it felt very uh, poignant not just being part of the larger community but um, having that be a loss in the library world um, and it's it's a difficult place to know what's the appropriate support to give because you know we. There's a lot we can't do for you, but just I guess to know that um, I mean honestly, food is a very common backroom gift. We know libraries like that. Um, they may be taking some some backroom treats and flowers and a card with just our condolences um, that we can sign from the library and the board and, and then take over. Um, but I I think this will be a this is the trauma on top of um, you know, a lot of other stress that's been going on. And, um, and lots of connections. I mean, we, all, we have people on our staff who have done presentations with that group and things like that. Um, but I, I'll do, I'll figure something out tomorrow. And I, I don't want to tell you I have an answer. I don't, I just would, I was wondering if there's a way to be supportive. Um, I do realize I did not really explain 
why the study on burnout uh, or library content. I was going to ask. So I included that because and I went back and forth on it. That was released at ALA after sort of a lot of lead up um, before. The before study on trauma, is that what yes. you're saying? Okay. Um, and it's really gotten a lot of um, a lot of press in the library world. Uh, it feels like you know pretty major entities in libraries have you know, picked it up, have links to it, have talked about it, have talked about how it you know, it, it resonates with how they feel. Um, and I think it's important because I don't know for the last maybe a year. It feels like when you pick up a trade publication, there's so much about how library jobs are changing, how morale is is, is terrible, how um, is this worker exploitation to expect people to work with mentally ill customers? Is it there's this buildup of dialogue around sort of mental health and should staff be sort of rising up and demanding more support around it. And I think this study did an interesting job sort of pulling a number of those issues together. Um, and I, I think it's, it's just important to see what that narrative looks like, because I think you will hear it from some of our staff. I think you will see it when you go to ILA. I think that it, uh, that it is very prevalent in the library world right now. And I, I would hate to have someone kind of walk into those things unprepared and be thinking, you know, the library does these amazing entities that we support and we love and they're doing great work and have a sort of a tidal wave of, of this more negative uh, feeling come at you. I One of my concerns when I look at this, and I'm not questioning the validity of it at all, I think it's an important part of the story, but I do feel like we're losing the thought of where does sort of the customer service fit in, where does the service component of our work continue to fit. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's, to me, it's about finding that balance of how do we make sure staff feel supported in their whole selves, but we also are focusing on the community and doing that public facing work. So that's why I included it. I know it was long, hopefully you still the parts that we're terrible to you, but um, I I do feel like the the trend in library land right now has been sort of that more negative narrative, and I'm hopeful that things will start to level. There were some concrete suggestions in this particular study that um, I, I plan to include this. I write a Thursday message to the staff every week, and I'm gonna summarize the board meeting and then talk a little bit about for folks who have read this study in their interest in a, a staff discussion around it. Um, do, do people want to try to maybe look at some of those suggestions and think about, you know, there's really nothing stopping us from setting up a regional library worker support group. We could host that. We could share hosting responsibilities. We could um, you know, there are things that we can do if people feel that'd be helpful. Um, so that's why I put it in that because I think it's in another context. So um, I don't. I'm. 
I I know that registration started for ILA, but I don't know. I didn't look at it, so I don't know what if there's going to be conference sessions relevant to the study. Are you on conference board in here also because of the Sierra Falls incident? Kind of coming up with an unconference session where folks can kind of just come and be with each other. Maybe someone should say, well, if you if you want to see what the ILA conferences and your opportunity to attend it, maybe this is for new board members. Maybe so. I don't know who's the right person here to speak on it. Sure, you probably know the most about how we just kind of just because oh, ILA is the state library, the Iowa Library Association's conference. They have an annual conference. This year it's in Coralville, which is very convenient to us, um, location-wise. And it's a, a state library conference, so it sort of covers school library, all different kinds of libraries. Um, the bigger libraries are typically more represented just because we have more resources to allow more folks to go. Um, but there is sort of, well, there's always supposed to be kind of a board track as well. So programs and sessions that support board development or continuing ed for, for board members. And the library, Jim, is that the library pays for board members of their ILA membership yeah. and also the registration for the conference. Yeah. So if you're interested in going, Jen will send a link out to what the conference has, and you can either go for the full thing or one day of it. Um, it's a pretty good opportunity that's close by. Um, as as far as on-site learning goes, um, and in the future, you you know you might be inspired to submit a proposal to present there. You know you can get involved in ILA, you can do different things as part of the organization. But the library does cover uh, your membership, and if you'd like to go to the conference, and, and when is this? It's in October. And how long? Two days? Usually, really, two days. Thursday and Friday. So it's Wednesday night and then Thursday and Friday. And it's, um, they always have an option that you can you know, go to, to either all of it or if you just want to pick one or two days, um, you can do that. And there's a, there'll be a trustee subdivision meeting, so you can, theory, if they show up and meet trustees from other libraries. Um, if you don't know if you belong there, I just want to tell people, like, you belong there. The first time I went, I thought, oh, do I really, like, is this my community? It is. I mean, go and walk through and you see the booths and you you hear some of the, the larger topic discussions of what's going on in the library, but you hear some real tool-based presentations of what's going on in the library. So it's really kind of interesting. If you think I can't afford to go for this two plus days, pick the times you want to go. I remember the first time I went, I think Susan had called a couple of us at lunch and said, you know, you're supposed to be going. There's a subdivision meeting and none of you guys are there. I said, never even thought of it as something that I should be doing. And I was really glad I went because I, first you meet some of the local trustees from Coralville and Solon and some of these other libraries, but then you meet people from across the state. Um, and it's really, it, it's worth the time. I just want to tell you, it's worth the time. Even if you think you can only have an hour or something to attend one talk, it's worth the time. And sometimes the keynote speaker we've gone this year is, is really good. So. I'm rushing through um, the front line. Oh, okay. And then as the EP violin also is a member, you also get to go to legislative days and you're invited to speak on behalf of libraries at that point and you would 
But, but you know, I think it's a trustee when I first heard that. I don't know if that's like what I'm supposed to do about this. Um, supposed to kind of explore it, you know, and find your place in it and help shape it because in the future there could be a stronger trustee identity there if people actively participate. I think it's another thing we were building it and it lost momentum during COVID. Big surprise. Um, it's time to rebuild. It is really fun to meet people from across the state and see the, the breadth of projects that are being done. And I, I, it's like just, I think the, the big topic discussions from experts are really intriguing because I just see my perspective as a user. And when you see it from people who are spending their careers doing this, it's, it's really educational. You we, went, we, went together, we went together when it was up in Cedar Rapids. Yeah, once or twice. Yeah, and and we we just we didn't spend the night. We drove yeah. up yeah. and back, but you don't have to spend the night if it's only in Coralville. Hard to be working It's it's kind of fun. As I, I recall, mean, the food was really really bad the year that we went. Well, we're <laughs> doing <laughs> No matter what conference, that's like the, people say the food's bad. So. I've been on the conference planning committee, and that's the one people will complain about the most. <laughs> As a conference planner, I encourage you to never complain about that. Right, I don't even bother. <laughs> it was terrible. We ate it. It was always terrible, period. One conference I was at at that hotel had good food. So. Okay, well, I, actually, I went to one there. Two. They've been there. Only I might have still been a working librarian. Yeah, they've been there a few times. But just so if you're thinking about it, Jen takes care of paperwork. She did mine today. So, okay, moving on to the next staff report, which would be adult services. What SWB? I know. I just read. <laughs> Uh, it's a switchboard. Okay. And I, I, when I typed it, I was like, this cell is too large. And then uh, I said, surely I'll explain it. Okay. Well, no, you did. It's good. Those are all the incoming calls. And that's part of the process. I love the pictures. Yeah, I've got about 80 more of the photo, produce photo booths. If you want to see them, all. but I, my daughter would. I, <laughs> I showed her the She loved them. They're all very good, and it will make another return to the market. That is my most favorite weekend activity: going to the market. So, um, all right. How about um? Next report, community and access services. I would like to show that you are, I have two <laughs> photos from the booth because I love it. Um, and then the Granana that some teenagers made, where it's a banana reading and has like a little show and it's featured in the book and book newsletter and their spotlight. And then if I can answer any questions, I'm delighted to do the best. I also love the pictures of all those students with their library yes. cards, very heartwarming. <laughs> they seem so excited. Best, best working nights of my career here. 
Oh, oh, really? I always volunteer to do those tours. Wow. And I didn't, I didn't, so this is something that's been going on for a while. Yes. I did, did not know. I, it is, it's, it's really cool. And who initiated that part? So Kirkwood initiated it about once. And uh, I kind of tried to float it as, you'll tell us what you need and we will make it happen. So I think we had significantly more tours this year than we have in the past. And I'm really delighted that we're probably not going to put up more this spring. Um, I really love it when we have individuals tell us what they need in the space and who's accommodating. They tell us how this is their library. Mm -hmm. So, um, the whole that would be their outreach to the university because why not read people's right? Yeah. Okay, other comments? Okay, Patty. Hi, you have an update about the book sale and sidewalk days. It was a great way to start the year for my husband and the sidewalk sale and Again, we raised about eleven hundred dollars in person. The weather was stormy, hot and humid, so we stayed in the library lobby. We didn't get to use our tents, but okay. People were very excited. And I will be happy to answer any questions. That's pretty good money, right? For four hours, five hours. Yeah. Very, very good start. What's the dinner? Patty's last. I know. It's another reason we need that dinner. <laughs> I don't think I have to find any guests What? I think we should have a No, 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 no. no. Um, it's okay. Well, we'll, we'll see about that. But thank you very, very much to all of you, and I'll thank you in advance for continuing the. Uh, very generous gifting that you do to support the library so that hopefully going forward we can every board member gives to support our lovely institution. It's been great. Thank you for the opportunity. Yay. We will miss you, but I'm sure that you will Thank you. appreciate not having to go after those monies all the time, contact all those businesses. I have not, someone told me that, you know it's time to stop fundraising when people turn around when they see the public. I mean, I, I think the foundation is amazing. I, I really... Thank you. I did look back. Ellsworth had suggested maybe I should uh, reprise my first report in 2004, uh, which I looked at. We were very excited to bring in $8,000 back. Oh, my God. Period. So the first year, we raised $68,500, and we're very, very excited about that. So then now we average in 400 to 450, whatever. Oh, different. Oh, wow. Wow. One and a half people is pretty darn good. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You all are part of that. Oh, my gosh. Not a thing to look 
Okay, well, I had a question about miscellaneous, but um, Ellsworth cleared that up. I don't have a president's report. I, I appreciate you all carrying on without me last month. I tried to convince the nominating committee that they made a poor choice because I missed <laughs> meetings, but anyway, you get what you get. Um, announcements from members? I've got one. Yeah. Uh, you may have noticed on the uh, front page of the packet that uh, you see my name is no longer is Derek. Uh, so uh, I've, I've kind of determined that I identify as a non-conforming person, and as a part of that, I'd prefer to go by DJ moving forward. So. I wondered about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Anybody else? No? Um, committee reports, I guess. You were in. You were mentioned, right? Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I have the uh, foundation friends report. Yeah. I'm not on a committee anymore. I know. <laughs> I swear I saw your name in here. <laughs> it's a one-person committee. <laughs> I can tell you what I think about whatever you want to hear. <laughs> Ad lib. <laughs> Okay, so thank you for form. So I, I guess I was the memorandum of understanding. Oh yeah, I do. I do have the French foundation oh, yeah. already. Yeah. Um, so this was my first uh, meeting with the foundation. Um, there were four new board members, and it was the first in-person meeting since the pandemic had started, but they did uh, offer an online option as well. Uh, three uh, people attended that way. Um, and so then with so many new people and being back in person, we introduced ourselves. Um, the committee chairs described their committee work, um, which led to us um, filling out a form um, spec specifying how we would support the foundation and uh, committees of interest. Um, other work included um, conflict of interest disclosure, and then that same um, supplemental health insurance that is available to city volunteers. Uh, the main work was that we did approve the new corporate resolution um, and uh, we had an update from Ellsworth, and uh, we then also had the Memorandum of Understanding, and so if there are questions about that, and then our final item from the meeting was that we both recognized and expressed our, our the foundation, the Friends Foundation's appreciation for Patty's service. So, so do I need to sign this? Yes, I have a copy for you after the meeting. Okay. Okay. Um, communications. Size the things in the packet. And then we're to the consent agenda to approve the disbursements and the meeting minutes from last month. Um, 
quick edit in the committee reports. Uh, the Friends Foundation report, my name is misspelled twice. That's all right. It happens more often than not, so. Um, so do I have a motion to approve the consent agenda or do people have changes? So move to, to approve the consent agenda other, with the other that I have a suggestion. Second. All in favor? Aye. Okay, and then moving on to the agenda for next month. Uh, looks like we've got the annual statistics and financials, which could mean it's a bigger discussion or could be not. Um, we will vote on the policy, the bylaws. If you have things, if, if you haven't really looked at them and you do look at them and you have things that you think need to be clarified or changed, you might send me a message so that we could get it taken care of uh, before the August meeting. Uh, are we forming a finance committee? Who are you asking? I am just asking the table. <laughs> <laughs> if there is going to be a finance meeting, it makes sense to start forming it because the budget work will start soon. If the finance yeah. committee will have anything to do with that, um, I don't know. Whatever you need. I think we, you know, we had historically we had discussion about whether we really had a good sense of this and whether a couple people could take on a heavier responsibility to really understand the financial statements. That's right. I remember talking right. about the, and because we were abbreviating the reports, and we were if somebody might do a deeper dive, right? And they could maybe take some of our burden off. Because we kind of sign off without being very thorough about looking at it, especially when we're putting together budgets and such. Well, this is a, a really a good time for a couple of reasons too, because since it'll be Jen's first full budget cycle in a new role. She'll have a little bit different way of, of doing that from previous folks were have, so everybody can kind of come together at the beginning. How would it work? I mean, obviously, you all set the budget, right? I mean, you. I, think I don't think you need a couple of trustees sitting in on I how much you should spend on, you know, excellent digital. I think a common model for a finance policy on a public library board is that before the meeting, the policy committee would come together and look at the finances in the packet. But sort of, if they have any questions, we talk about it. They would do that more line by line look, and have and at that meeting be able to say like, "Oh, can we compare this to last year's operating numbers?" Or right. remind me again, how does normal fit into this? And then when we bring it to the table, it is more sort of approval ready because right. you have. Your finance folks who hopefully have some interest or experience in doing that deeper work to be able to say, yeah, we have already looked at this and we think it's really good too. Okay. So the, what we'll look at next year will be FY22, next month rather. So, so, be, so if the committee would be getting in FY23. 
if someone if this interests somebody let me know i don't know i don't have a sense here people want a finance committee i think it makes sense to have one i think it's you want and whether you think it's appropriate for a board to better understand the financial standing and documents on it. I've never seen a situation where people say, I can't wait to be on a finance committee. Um, <laughs> so it sounds like it would be a committee to review financial reports before the board packet is distributed. It sounds like it's about a 10 minute obligation meeting before the meeting. I don't even know. They have a couple of you to sit down and go through that before a meeting. There's a possibility of meeting on it. There were yeah. issues we could have. Not a huge time commitment. It also could be sort of a as needed. I mean, maybe that group would have okay. feedback of like, Quarter if you lay it out differently, people are going to get it. Yeah. faster like mm -hmm. try this and right. do your newest report but also do a narrative or stop doing the narrative that's distracting i mean i think it could just be a, a smaller group discussion about what we're doing what um, they are because they're so formulaic it won't take long to learn even the deep sort of nuts and bolts of it so if anybody's like kind of interested but i don't think i have a background knowledge I know the Lunas reports don't look glamorous, but they're not bad. I mean, as far as that kind of uh, the options that are out there, it's, it's something that we could teach anybody who has an interest in. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah. um, I was somewhat interested in it. I just am worried about time for because I'm each my school year starts. That's like I'm still a brand new teacher and also have a brand new baby. So um <laughs> I have like two time constraints on my life right now, but I'd be well, interested if it's, a, if it's an also I commandly um remember Tom is it Tom saying that he's a numbers guy. So I would like mention it to him, not okay. I'm gonna nominate him because he's not here. I remember him with each now, but I remember him saying that he is he he's a numbers person. I'm not a numbers person, but I'm I have it sounds like it would be not too much of a of a time commitment, and I'm assuming it would be like a year-long. Because we don't get numbers. I mean, if somebody's miserable, we could they could swap out. Sentence. Okay, I'll work on the finance committee. Um, Carol, are you thinking you need two people? <laughs> I think we, two, two, two or three, not more than three, because then we have a problem. I would, I would do it if there's more than one person. Okay. Because I have a committee. We're talking about this. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a committee. There are a lot of things I can do. Yeah. You're going to take on me. <laughs> no one would volunteer. I didn't think no one would. I just had slipped my mind that we had talked about that. But, but, but we had talked about it. So, Claire, it sounds like it's something that you could, be, um, you could do. And then if you if it doesn't work, which if it ends up being an email thing, yeah, then that would work great better than like a scheduled meeting or a 10 minutes before the meeting would be fine also, but I can't commit a whole lot of time. Well, you know, I, well I was a basket case for the first two years of my first daughter's life, so 
I think you're good. I can only. I can rarely commit to like a shower and getting the dishes done. So I'm trying to. Hey, you've only missed one meeting when you were in labor. So I was actually, yeah, I was actually actively in labor. That's why the bylaws looked at the virtual service. Okay. So I believe that we are ready to adjourn.